0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 75 of Crunch Time with the N326 duo. I'm your host, Sam Godsey, and with me today, as always, is my guy, Tanner Dizzlin. Wait, where's Tanner? Oh, hold on, I'm getting a call. Tan- Tanner isn't coming today? Oh. It's because his Vikings got their asses kicked last Sunday? Oh, okay, I mean, that makes total sense. They kind of got exposed for how fraudulent they were. Okay, thanks for letting me know. So it's just me today on this episode. We will recap college football, NFL, and even throw in some college basketball and World Cup. We talked about this and so much more on episode 75. Of crunch time. So we are gonna hop into it. As usual, we're gonna start with our winners. See, last week we talked about this. Got an awesome question from Peyton White about the Kathakai Rockets and Lerock Christian. And boy, was that game electric. With four seconds left, Rockets quarterback Sam Sanders found Thomas Dutch with the game-winning touchdown to win 26 to 23 over Rock Christian to keep Catholics perfect season alive and move to the championship, the semifinal, excuse me, versus Pulaski Academy. So Friday night, big game for Catholic High, taking on PA in that. And now moving on to our losers, it's going to be the Qatar World Cup team. I don't know if y'all have seen this tweet. But supposedly Qatar bribed eight Ecuadorian players, seven point four million to lose the opener in the World Cup, five Qatari and in Ecuador. Insiders confirm this. And so game starts and Qatar gets beat by Ecuador two to nothing. So that is a big loss for the Qatarians. But the World Cup's here, it's a lot of fun. I know the times are kind of brutal in the States, but at least watch the recap videos. It I mean, there's nothing better. But hopping, we're now getting moved into college football. A lot of great games this week. Um, we kicked off with Michigan versus Illinois. This game kind of was surprising to a lot of people. Um Michigan barely escaping against the Illini. Illini have been that kind of top dog in that Big Ten West, competing with the top dog or second top dog in the East. Um, In Michigan, we did see Blake Corum go down, but looks like he's going to be back for that big game next week against Ohio State. But looking at this one, it's a classic Big Ten battle. Not a lot of exciting things i mean 326 yards for illinois 376 just a battle michigan dominated the time of possession 35 minutes to 24 but blake quorum that's a big injury but a uh, big thing that happened in this one but looks like he will be able to return this week which is going to be huge for um for the Wolverines going into this matchup kind of determines a Big Ten. But this game honestly came down to last kind of seconds of this game uh, with about two minutes left in the fourth quarter. J.J. McCarthy proved uh, why he is a guy for Michigan at quarterback, leading them down to the line 17-yard line with nine seconds left. Jake Moody hits a game-winner. And that is a wrap on that one. Michigan moving into the top four. Um, Their season is on the line this Saturday versus versus, uh, Ohio State. Excuse me. And that, so Michigan versus Ohio State, big matchup, big playoff implications uh, going on in that one. So make sure to tune into that one this week. But next matchup battle uh, in the Big 12, a game I didn't expect to be very close, to be honest with you, and that is TCU Baylor. And we can talk about what happened during the game, how it went down, but it really came down to that fourth quarter. And that fourth quarter was big. A lot of exciting stuff coming down to the wire in that game with about 30 seconds, a minute 34, Baylor punch at the Baylor 26. TCU gets a ball back with a minute 34, 94 seconds. Max Duggan does what he does best and kind of puts the team on his back, leading them down to Baylor 24 and Griffin Kell nailing the 40-yard field goal continuing TCU's undefeated season. They are number four in the country right now, kind of securing that spot um, in the Big 12, kind of the Big 12's last hope for this uh, college football playoff. They have – do they have this uh, week? They have – they have Iowa State this week. That should be an easy win. Iowa State has struggled, so it is very possible. We see TCU go undefeated. I don't think anybody kind of expected that. I know I did. Let me know your thoughts on that. But TCU has a very good possibility to go undefeated this year. So they play Iowa State this week. So make sure to check that one out. See, Steve why this TCU team is legit. We've obviously, me and Tara, talked multiple times about this game. Their defense is abysmal. Not a good defense, but their offense gets it done, and that's all that matters as long as you get a W. Moving on, this one was an electric game, a game not many people had circled. On their uh, on their games to watch last weekend, and that is Ole Miss, who at the time was ranked 14th, getting absolutely demolished by Arkansas. Arkansas beat them 42 to 27. Now you might say that is that's kind of a close game, but little do you know. Ole Miss scored twenty one points in garbage time. It was forty two to six going into fourth quarter. Sam Pittman called the dogs off, putting their backups, and so twenty one points of Ole Miss came in garbage time. But Arkansas, this is what I mean. Arkansas was a top top twenty five team uh, before injuries unfortunately hit them. Uh, KJ Jefferson, he is so good. You can and their defense played extremely well, shut down that Ole Miss offense. Now you might look at this box score. Ole Miss had 703 yards yet, but that just means they could throw the ball all they want, but they're not getting in the end zone. And that's what wins you game. Arkansas though, five hundred and three um, five hundred and three. Uh, Total yards, 335 of those coming from the ground game. Raheem Sanders, Rocket Sanders, 24 carries, 232 yards, three touchdowns, and he didn't even play in the fourth quarter. He easily would have uh, broken that 300 mark given if he played in that fourth quarter, but he didn't. K.J. Jefferson looked good, healthy, K.J. Jefferson makes this team so much better. 17 for 22, 168 yards, three touchdowns. Just absolutely dominating performance by uh, Arkansas this week. Going into Missouri, um, becoming bowl eligible. um, Potentially a godsy matchup between Arkansas and Iowa in the music table, depending if Iowa can beat Nebraska But Arkansas, just a dominating performance. Um, Again, people might look at this score and be like, they ain't dominate, but again, it was 42-6 going into fourth quarter. Sam Pittman put his backups in, and Arkansas. People have slept on them because of injuries, but they are, when healthy, a one of the top teams in the SEC, and that is something people are going to have to get used to because Sam Pittman is the real deal. Arkansas is a good team to so be on the lookout for Arkansas in the next couple years. A lot of injuries happened this year, unfortunately, but Arkansas, a team to watch out for. Next game we're going to talk about is kind of the game everyone's talking about here and that is the battle between USC and UCLA came down to the wire. USC ended up on top by three, 48 to 45. This is a classic high-scoring Pac-12 matchup. Caleb Williams balled out 470 yards, two touchdowns, had one interception, Um, and then UCLA quarterback... um, Dorian Thompson Robinson, I believe is his name, had himself a day, 309 yards, four touchdowns, but three picks that ended up uh, costing the Bruins in this one. But this game was just what you thought. It'd be a classic game, just dominant offenses. It, But it really came down to a late interception by Dorian Thompson Robinson with a minute 26. They're driving down by three and Dorian Robinson picked off at UCLA 49. And that kind of wrapped it up. But this game, if y'all didn't watch this game, I know it was late uh, throughout the country, honestly, but this game was electric. Caleb Williams is, one of the most underrated quarterbacks, which I don't understand because USC is a seventh team in the nation. But this game was back and forth, high offense. USC actually had 649 yards. That's absolutely insane. UCLA, 513. Just a dominating performances by these offenses, unfortunately. Uh, UCLA made that costly mistake late in the game, and that's what cost them. But UCLA, Chip Kelly, God loves seeing him back kind of in the top of things uh, in the Pac-12. But UCLA and USC hang to the Big Ten. That is going to be weird. Two powerhouses of the Pac-12. Um, well, UCLA more recently, but USC always been up there. So that is gonna be fun to see, but costly mistakes costed UCLA in this one and that kind of explains it. Last game we're gonna talk about is this Utah Oregon game. Oregon inching out a upset over Utah 20 to 17. Just a great game again, late night Pac-12 classic action. This one, I think, was after the U- USC-UCLA game. Cameron Rising played terrible this game. Let's just put it how it is. He's, he was kind of a guy to watch this season, and he hasn't been good. Point .1 for 38 in this game, 170 yards, zero touchdowns and three interceptions. Meanwhile, Bo Nix looking as good as ever, twenty-five for thirty-seven, two hundred eighty-seven yards, one touchdown, one interception. This Oregon defense is really why um, why this team won this game. I mean, three picks—that's hard to come back from. I'd like to uh, I'd like to um, recognize Dante Thornton just absolutely playing crazy. For Oregon um, he had four receptions for 151 yards being that go-to guy for Bo Nicks, which is always a factor when you can have a receiver over 100 yards being that guy unfortunately he did have two fumbles in which both he lost but it's just crazy this Oregon defense when you think of Pac-12 the first thing you don't really think of is defense but Bennett Williams for the Oregon Ducks had two of the three um with uh Noah Sewell with the other one and that's really what this game came down to honestly I'm kind of confused on how this game was even close it looks like just looking at the box score, it looks like Oregon should have beat these guys by a lot more. Oregon rushing did suffer only 59, 59 rushing yards. I mean, turnovers were even through 3 but this game was weird. Um, unfortunately, uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Late night, didn't get to watch it. But I mean, Oregon scored their last points with 11 minutes left in this game. So Utah had plenty of time to come back for this one, but Oregon inches this one out 20 to 17. But that kind of wraps it up for the college football recap of this episode. This. It was a lot of fun, live fun going into this week, um, rivalry week coming up. It's gonna be fun. Um, but going into the NFL, now we can talk about this giant slate of good games we had, but I know you wanna hear it. I want I now wanna talk about it, and that is the dominating performance by the Cowboys this week. Over Tanner, no show Vikings, 40 to 3. I don't think anybody expected this one. I know me and Tanner were talking about it off off the pod. We thought it was going to be a close game. Wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys kind of won on kind of a fourth quarter um, close game score. That's not what we got Sunday. It seemed that the Vikings forgot how to play football. I mean, look, we got even Cooper Rush got in this game. I mean, Dak Prescott, probably one of his best games I've seen as a Cowboys fan 22 for 25, 276 yards, two touchdowns. Tony Pollard, of course, kind of that MVP of this game 15 carries, 80 yards. Uh, With six receptions, 109 yards, two touchdowns, including one from 68. Just absolutely dominating performance by Tony Pollard. I like him being involved in that pass game Um, and Zeke being the power guy. I think that uh, offensive scheme worked really well. Just this game was, hate to break it to you, but it's a lot of fun. I I thoroughly enjoyed this. I actually did get to watch it with Tanner. I was working, but I had the opportunity to catch most of the game. Um, Not that there was much to watch, but I know I was talking to our old co-host Keegan, and he said Tanner was upset. I wish I had the video um, of this, but this game changed as soon as the first possession, Kirk Cousins fumbling the ball, first possession of the game. That's honestly when things hit the fan for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, Kirk Cousins sacked seven times. You can you can look at his 105 yards, but when you get sacked times for seven times for 49 yards, it's hard to throw the ball. Just ask Spencer Pictures. Like I that hurts to I'm sure Karen's gonna love that if he listens to this comparing Kirk Cousins and Petrus to abysmal offensive performances, but this this Cowboys defense is looking good as ever. Um, Micah Parsons, I mean, four total, two sacks, one tackle for loss. Kirst, five tackles, four solo tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss. This team comp- did a g- great scheme against this Vikings team, nobody else was gonna stop you, and people are getting like, uh, he had seven but you still have one of the best wideouts. Where was he? Where was he? Oh yeah, three receptions 33 yards for five targets. Tay Digg, Tayvon Diggs, Tavon Diggs, shut I know. I know there was a blitz all game, but you with the blitz, there's usually weak coverage, and you can get quick passes out, and that didn't happen. T- Tavon Diggs shut Justin Jefferson down with the help of Mike Parsons and Curse. I mean, let's just put it how it is. The and then Jalen R- Rager fumbling the ball. I mean, the it was just bad, 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 and. The storyline around Minnesota Vikings have been they are so fraudulent. And the two games they play a competitive team, let's put it how it is, the Cowboys and the Eagles, they get dominated. So how fraudulent is this team? Still to be, I think this kind of spoke, spoke a lot. I think if this game was close, I would say not as fraudulent as people think, but also want to give a, a shout-out to Money Maher Maher, however you say his name, hitting two 60-yard uh, field goals, um, four field goals in total. Absolute stud. Absolute stud. Th- this game, I still can't believe it. I, I know Tanner uh, was upset, didn't show up. Uh, no, but honestly, he's traveling for Thanksgiving, so, uh, but, you know, I had to, you know, with my Cowboys whooping that ass, it was too easy not to, but supposedly Tanner didn't even watch the second half, so that just makes it even more sweeter. Um, he snapped me after game saying cheaters, and I was like, huh, oh, but... Usually, cheers make it a little more close, and it was 40 to 3. I this defense again, I can't give this Dallas defense enough credit. Absolutely dominated. There's no better way to put it. I know the Vikings didn't crack the 100 yard mark till midway through the third, and they finished with 183 yards. If that doesn't put it into perspective of how dominant this Dallas defense was, I don't know what will. Absolutely dominating performance by the Cowboys, seven and three on the season. Playing on Thanksgiving, of course, Minnesota needs to get right uh, here pretty soon. They have who they have next. They have the. The Patriots, uh, next. So we will, we'll see that. I think I do want to say though. I think there was a little bit of a hangover effect coming off that big Bills win last week, winning thirty-three to thirty in a shocking fashion. I don't think anybody expected, but to not score a single touchdown—that is a tough look. And people that don't like the Vikings are kind of happy about it um, and me being a Cowboys fan I I will gladly say it was it's funny. I ain't gonna lie to y'all, but that's honestly the biggest game. I know we talked about me being a cowboy fan, Tar being a Vikings fan. That's honestly the only game I wanted to talk about uh the big game, honestly. and and all NFL action. So that's going to be the only game we recap um, for this one, this episode. I'm sure we'll get Tanner's thoughts next week. But that kind of wraps it up for the recap. We will be back after a brief ad from our sponsor at Anchor. We'll be back with Players of the Week College Football or College Basketball Recap. In World Cup recap so far. So stay tuned for that. And we are back. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Anchor, for sponsoring this episode. For our player of the week, we're going to start out in the college football realm. And how can it not be this guy? I do not like this guy, so it kind of pains me to give him props. But he balled out this week, especially Against who he did it against. And that's the Tennessee Volunteers. And of course, I'm talking about Spencer Rattler, quarterback for South Carolina. Gamecock had himself a game. 30 for 37, 438 yards and six touchdowns. As the Gamecocks demolished Tennessee. Now, I was going to talk about this, but this game, was there wasn't much to talk about other than Spencer Rattler and obviously the injury to Hendon Hooker not looking good for him. But Spencer Rattler, six touchdowns, how can he not be the player of the week? Now, moving on to the NFL side of things, I there were a lot of options, a lot of options in the game I just talked about. Tony Pollard being one of them, obviously. But I couldn't do my man turn like that. So this week's Player of the Week in the NFL is, of course, Cordarell Patterson set a NFL record with his ninth kicker turn for a touchdown, helping the Falcons defeat the Chicago Bears when he scored. On a 103 yard return to put himself into the history books. So, shout out to Cordarelle Patterson for entering the history books with that ninth kick return in his career. Absolutely amazing. But that kind of wraps it up for the NFL college football talk. But now, you know, Caught. College basketball has been going on for a couple weeks, but honestly, for me, it really doesn't start till the Maui Invitational. And the Maui Invitational is finally here. So many good games going on this week. It's kicked off, tipped off um, on Monday. Creighton. Beaten Texas Tech 76-65. Arkansas beating Louisville 80 to 54. Just an absolute dominating performance by Arkansas. Then San Diego State beating Ohio State 88-77. Then Arizona beating Cincy 101 to 93. Texas Tech on Tuesday, beating Louisville 70 to 38. Louisville is off to a tough start, hasn't won a game yet. Ohio State beaten since the 81 to 53. But this is the game I want to talk about Creighton versus Arkansas. This game was a great game, March Madness type game. Unfortunately, Creighton beat Arkansas 90 to 87. Now, if you haven't watched Arkansas this year, I highly recommend it. They are so fun to watch. Um, They lost to the number 10 team without their best player, Nick Smith Jr., um, battling a knee injury. It's must. Being one of the great coaches in the game today, kind of wants him to rest it for the conference but, oh my god, I've never seen a worse ref game. This game was abysmal. Missed call after miss call after missed call, phantom text. I've never seen a coach get so animated. Usually, Eric Musselman, shout out, all aboard the Musk bus, is very calm and collected. I mean, he'll he'll back his guys, but you never see him get as animated as he did last night and oh my god, he got animated, and deservingly so. The refs were terrible, not giving excuses uh, for Arkansas's loss, but Arkansas, <laughs> be on the lookout for him. Don't be surprised if they go further this year in March than they did last year, and they they beat Gonzaga last year, or close, I can't remember exactly, but Arkansas... With Nick Smith Jr., that team's going to be scary. Anthony Black is the real deal. Jordan Walsh, that team is so fun. So if you haven't gotten to watch him, make sure to check them out. A um, lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, I thoroughly enjoy watching them. Obviously, being from Arkansas, I do have a little bias. So let me know what you think of the Hogs this year. And then wrapping up kind of the Maui Invitational for – a uh, day of recording, um, kind of the action that's concluded is Arizona beating San Diego State first, uh, eighty to seventy. So today um, we have Texas Tech, Ohio State, Creighton versus Arizona in the championship game. Then Louisville, Cincy, then third place we have Arkansas, San Diego State. So a lot of good games. This game kind of tips it, tips off college basketball season for me. But that kind of wraps it up for college basketball talk. Obviously, as the season progresses and football season kind of wraps up, we're going to start getting more into the basketball things. I know we haven't touched a whole lot on college basketball or NBA, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot going on there, but it's coming. I promise you that. Um, just with college college football coming to an end this weekend and then NFL slowly coming to an end, it, basketball talk is going to pick up, so be on the lookout for that. But you know what time it is. How can we not talk about this? We kind of briefly discussed, talked about this week. We'll dive a little deeper um, next week when Tanner returns. But that is the World Cup. Picked off Sunday against Qatar versus Ecuador. Ecuador winning 2-0. England absolutely dominating. Iran 6-2. Senegal losing the Netherlands 2-0. And, of course, the United States tying uh, with Wales. Wales had a penalty like that 85th minute. Uh, Gareth Bale. One of the best in soccer or football, whatever you want to call it, nails the penalty, tying USA, but that was fun. But it only got better from there. Saudi Arabia upsetting Argentina yesterday, two to one, something no one expected, especially with it being Lionel Messi's last World Cup and coming out with a one- nothing loss, or two-to-one loss. It's kind of got you questioning, but Messi, of course, being the leader that he is, says, don't lose hope, we'll be back. And then we add Denmark or Tanzania, kind, mil-mil, same with Mexico, Poland, then France, who is looking to go back-to-back Dominating Australia four to one in full time. Then today, um, day of recording, we have some good games: uh, Morocco versus Croatia zero to zero, Germany losing to Japan two to one, Spain versus Costa Rica to be played, as well as Belgium and Canada. I know it's early. Uh, in the united states for me it's the first two games are 4 a.m and 7 a.m so if you don't want to get up that early i totally understand but make sure to check out the highlights i'm not a big soccer fan i'll be the first one to admit it but there's there's very little uh, sporting events like the world cup um so make sure to at least tune in the highlights or the late games, especially when the United States play it is always electric. I know we're not known for our soccer, which makes it even better because we're always the underdog, or more times than not, we are the underdog. But with with Tanner not being around this week, we are actually going to skip the pick'em for the week. We might. Um, we might just text our picks. Um, I haven't really decided about that. I need to talk to Tanner about that one, but, but that will wrap it up for episode 75 crunch time with the N three, two, six duo congrats. You have made it to the end of the episode. So shout out to you as always. We appreciate every one of y'all that tune in weekend in, week out it's a lot of fun seeing all the sh- support you have given to us and we at crunch time just want to wish you a happy thanksgiving enjoy some great food time with family and friends and enjoy the couple days off um, but let us know what your players of the week were in the ncaa and nfl what have you thought about the college basketball season so far as well as the world cup but meanwhile you can follow us on instagram tiktok and twitter at CrunchTime_Pod. underscore pod but with that the clock has run out on this episode but we'll see you on the next one on crunch time